We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Are you, are you saying no? Are you saying that there's nothing positive that you can gain from these lower level sides? Because now that makes me want to have like a whole team of these players and just see how they do. Oh, I, please go nuts. <laughs> We've got an option in a week when you can really take advantage of that. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, a two-time finalist for the Fantasy Sports Raiders Association Podcast of the Year Award. For some of the best daily and season-long fantasy soccer tools in the industry, including detailed stats packages, projections, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, FPL edition. My name is Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Andrew, I'm getting a little older, and I have a really weird sign of how I think that that's happening. Oh, okay. What do you got? So this could be just because we are, you know, Maureen and I are getting a little older and we don't have kids, right? So we have two activities planned for a Saturday and the prospect of it drains both of us. The fact that we have to do two things. Just at the two idea. Different times. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, we're going to be going somewhere at like 11 o'clock and then we have to go back home, get changed into nice clothes, then go to a wedding at 530, which is I think it's also because the wedding's in the Bronx and we live in Brooklyn and that's just... Well, I mean, we rented a car for this occasion. But still, yeah. <laughs> Might as well be going to Maine. Yeah, I know. 
may as well be flying. Yeah. So that that's tomorrow for me. But uh, but yeah, I, I, it's like does the prospect of doing two things in a day like just drain you, or is it just because you have kids? You know, you're doing like eight things every day. I was gonna and... say two sounds wonderful. <laughs> but the difference is that none of the things are for me. Like I'm not yeah. really doing two things. I'm just or eight things. I'm just like taking other people to do eight things. I just happen to have to go. Yeah, you're basically um, you're basically a free Lyft driver. Exactly, it's exactly what I am. Yeah, yeah, you're a professional chauffeur slash father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. So we, uh, of course, we do our rankings. We publish our rankings every week. They are now out at uh, rotowire.com/soccer. Uh, free ten day trial. Uh, we, we, what's the URL for the free ten day trial, Andrew? Um, rotowire.com/soccer trial. Excellent. Is that what you said? Yes. No, I just said just slash soccer. So slash soccer trial for the trial if you don't have a subscription already. Now, when we talk about these rankings, we always joke that whenever we post something, big news happens right after it to render something kind of a little not useless per se, but just we know it's getting altered pretty quickly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what you should do in that case is go to the custom projections page that Andrew has been so diligently working on because those get updated pretty regularly and uh, they are updated. Uh, I don't know if they're updated yet with the new signing of Nicola Pepe going to Arsenal. Uh, I'm sure Andrew has just been too excited for his own team to even update his own projections. Uh, I don't think it's official yet. Uh, so that's why I haven't updated it yet. I've fallen into <laughs> this for this what trap before. What a cop out. No way that that's not official. It's not. I'm on Arsenal.com right now, and there is not a single mention of Nicholas Pepe. Andrew, come on now. It's happening. Um, I, it's it sounds like it's going to, which uh, for a lot of money too, which um, is surprising think- because um, all the talk recently has been about uh, Wilfred Zaha, and uh, I believe the last thing that i saw was 60 million pounds and a player which um also sounded like the same thing that everton was going to do with uh shank tosun but uh who knows but uh i know it sounds crazy but give me pepe instead like no doubt it i I mean i don't think there's going to be too much of a discernible difference between the two uh i think uh i think for me the whole prospect that Arsenal are spending big cash, right? And like that's that's just kind of new to me. So, you know, they 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 they've not ventured really into these waters too much as far as getting these you know ultra expensive signings, right? Even even Aubameyang wasn't that much, correct? Um, he was a lot, but I think in the in like the grand scheme of of transfers, it was you know fairly low. I mean, it's not like uh, Mesut Ozil. Oh, um, I'm trying to quickly look this up. I mean, they paid yeah 74 million dollars, so you know they're still even at, it's going to be less than than Pepe, but it's still a decent amount of money. Uh, Lacazette wasn't cheap either. So uh, the good thing about all of these signings, Lacazette, Aubameyang, P- 
Pepe is that it definitely solves all the defensive issues they have. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. <laughs> Do you think the Cronkies are actually listening to their fans, asking them to spend money and then just doing it incorrectly on the wrong position? Or do you think that's just, Hey, this guy fits our system and we can't have too many good attacking players. There's no such thing. Um, well, that doesn't even count the, uh, the Danny Ceballos loan, but um, William Saliba is awesome and is exactly the kind of defender that everybody has been trying to get them to get. Uh, but the only way they got him is by loaning him back. And it was like, okay, well, we'll have to wait a little bit. But um, I think he's going to be, I mean, he's going to be really important. I mean, he's like 6'4", he's only 18. Uh, and so I think it'll be nice when they can finally move on from uh, Socrates and uh, Mustafi, because it sounds like uh, Koscielny is all but gone. Uh, they have Rob Holding coming back from injury. Callum Chambers is still around. So it's not like they are totally void of talent, although with the level that they want to play, like the, the discrepancy between the attack, the attacking talent and the defensive talent is amazingly great. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, do you think they can play Pepe? And Aubameyang and Lacazette at the same time. And Ceballos. Yeah, I want them to play a 4-2-4. YOLO. <laughs> it's exactly what Unai Emery is known for. Yeah, you only lose once. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, it, I don't know how you play all four of them, um, especially because playing all four of them means you're not playing uh, Mkhitaryan or Ozil, which might be okay. Um, they really yeah. should. They, they need to, unfortunately... Mkhitaryan and Ozil are two of their most expensive players, and there's just no way to get rid of them because why would anybody want to pay that much for them? Yeah, it's it, it's gonna yeah it's gonna be really tough to offload those players. Right. But I mean, if if your goal is to improve, you have to bring on players regardless, right? You can't stand still in this league. Exactly. Uh, I mean, the, the whole problems that come along with with Chelsea are because they have to sit still, right? Uh, they don't right. really have a choice. I mean, they basically have a whole team of transfers just from their loan system. But, you know, it it's not going to be really good, you know, for, for Chelsea this year because they stood still. At least what we're seeing from... Not totally still. Christian uh, Pulisic, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, I mean... All right. I mean, he obviously doesn't equal the loss of Eden Hazard. But, you know, they, they did get somebody who's good and young. Just, ugh, whatever. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to go too crazy. But for Danny Ceballos, um, we know that we know that he's very talented. Yes. Right. As a 22 year old, you know, extraordinarily talented. That there's a reason why he wasn't sold. Right. <laughs> you know. And, uh, and what are you projecting for Danny Ceballos in an Arsenal uniform this season? Uh, I think expectations have to be like really tempered. Like I think of the. I don't think he's going to play like he's not going to start every game um, just because I mean, he really doesn't have I mean, he barely played at Madrid and not that like barely paying at Madrid means you can't play at Arsenal. But like um, I think there's there's just a familiarity with the guys already there that like I don't think he comes in and starts right away. Like I think there's going to be some hilarious conversations of like how is o Alex Iwobi still starting over Ceballos and yeah. uh, you know he'll get there but like you know there's with, with everyone, there's always a transition and it takes a little time, but, um, the spot that he can, I mean, he can play kind of anywhere. Um, he played mostly, you know, attacking central mid for, uh, his sporadic starts for Real Madrid last year, but, you know, he can play on the wing. 
Um, Pepe is obviously a winger himself. And so, um, you know, maybe they play Ceballos behind. Uh, but again, that like takes away Ozil's uh, playing time. Like if Ozil can't have like a great season with, if they get Pepe and Lacazette and Aubameyang and Ceballos around him, then it's over. Like this is the best situation he's going to have from now on. Yeah. It, and I think we, as a two rankers, right. I was, you were more bullish than me, which I was a little surprised at actually. I thought that I was coming in pretty hot on Danny Ceballos, but um, you ranked them 66, the Mon big fielders, right. But look, we're trying, I mean, I think when we say we temper expectations, this is what tempered expectations <laughs> looks like. It's not like, it's like, Oh, he'll be top 25. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think what a lot of people fall into the trap of is like, Oh, this is a new signing. He's exciting. He's a top 25. And then, I'll, then, I'll, then you have 50 people in your top 25. Yeah. I think that's right. just something that a lot of people don't really think about when you're like, just like you said, like, Oh, he's definitely top 25. And it's like, okay, well, um, if, He's top 25, like, give me the other 24 in that top 25, and is, are there really nobody else ahead of him? Uh, and so, you know, you just, I, I think people go a little crazy with the, the yeah. numbers and then don't really think of the other players that have to either fall out or, or ahead to, to make that work. Yeah, and when, it's, so, it's so weird to me, you know, when we talk about, like, the top 25 thing, right, because... For example, I put Riyad Mahrez as the 25th, and you have Yuri Tiliman as number 25. And there's no way that anyone's going to be like, oh, Danny Ceballos, better than both of them immediately. Right, right. I mean, the idea is that, at least for what we were doing, is our draft rankings. And, like, that's not to say that Ceballos won't be there, but, like, I think over the course of an entire season and when you're doing drafts, that's what you have to think about. Um, The playing time has to be there. And, like, we know... um, at least I'll make the argument. We know that T. Elements' playing time will be there. I don't know about Mahrez, but well, yeah, but when I you're mean, on a team that scores 100 goals, it might not matter. Yeah, exactly. That's my point, right? Like, you know, like Riyad Mahrez, like that's been your point. You know, last year, even going back to last year, when you take take likes of Leroy Sané, right? Right. Uh, you know, as long as he's in the league, you know, he's going to be good. So, you know, what you know, for me, you when know, we rank Christian Pulisic, who we know is going to get a decent run of playing time, 18. Right, and he's definitely playing in a front three in a team that'll score some goals. Mm-hmm. So maybe. it's <laughs> definitely maybe. <laughs> so you'll go with definitely. I'll go with maybe. We'll score some goals. Well, you know what? That that's that's a topic I wanted to kind of get to because I know we want to talk about like the lower level teams and potentially like relegation re- relegation assets that you might want to acquire. And the one thing that the first thing I did when you said you wanted to actually talk about that was really look at like the team stats right and and to see what's a realistic expectation when we talk about you know, like goal scored and distribution of goals and when we when we look at those things you know when you know let's just take a team like I, I, I'm trying to think like Newcastle from last season right like do we think that any of the do we think that any of the relegated clubs are going to have like a better season than Newcastle last season uh, Which was not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's possible that Villa does, and I think it's possible that Norwich does. So I'll go. I'll, I'll go a little higher. Like, do we think that they will have as good of a season as Burnley did? Oh, sorry, Southampton did last season. Uh, Southampton's actually the team. The team that I want wanted to discuss. Like, I 
have become irrationally positive on Southampton, and I'm not sure why. So the wedding that I'm going to later today, the groom of that wedding is a huge Southampton fan, and this is just a great wedding present from you to him accidentally. (laughs) Uh, I just feel like they kind of figured it out uh, by the end, you know, uh, with by the end of the season, like they figured out the team that they wanted to be. And there are a lot of teams kind of in that, you know, in the bottom half of the table that go an entire season. You're just kind of like, I'm not sure what the identity of this team is. Um, I mean, obviously with teams like Burnley, you know, but like um, they're just sides that are very up and down. And you're just kind of like, I'm not sure what, I don't think they know what they do best. And I think Southampton started to figure it out. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they can accomplish that against everybody. But if you like, you know what you do best, um, then you have something to work towards. And I think Southampton started to figure that out. And then I started looking at like relegation odds and I'm like, I'm way too positive on Southampton. I mean, I'm not thinking so, they're like yeah. going to be battling for Europa here, but like. I think they're better than, what were they, 16th last year? Like, I think they're much better yeah. than that. I was about to say, you fell into my trap because Southampton actually placed six points behind Newcastle last yeah, year. Yeah, they were terrible last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, that's why they made a mid-season managerial change. Yeah, good. but to your point, I, I mean, to your point that Houston Hurtle has really put this team on the on the upswing, right? Like, the, the, this is a team that we're not looking at. You know, when we look at teams from, like, season to season, when we see teams that, like, who finished 15th, 16th, 17th, like, oh, these could be our, uh, our potential candidates for relegation this season. And when I look at those teams, you know, Burnley, Brighton, and Southampton are the p- teams that finished in the bottom three outside of the teams that were relegated. Right. Um, you know, definitely Brighton is in that discussion for teams that could get relegated. Yeah. Right. And... Now, when now, but when we talk, so even you can even bring Brighton into this mix because they've made a couple of changes that we think are going to be fantasy friendly. So, let I, I, you know, we can start with Southampton, but I also want to go back to the teams that have gotten promoted in Norwich, Sheffield, uh, sorry, Sheffield United. You can't just say Sheffield; it, up, it upsets half the, the population there if you just say Sheffield. <laughs> so, Sheffield United, and if we talk about and, and also uh, Norwich and Villa, so. When we have the, the promoted teams and then when we talk about, you know, the likes of Brighton and Burnley and stuff and teams of that ilk, what is a realistic expectation? And every, you know, when, when the relic, when people started first doing the analysis, right, names like Timo Puki started coming out and be like, oh, yeah, he scored 20 plus goals. He's going to be great. Like, eh, not really. Right? <laughs> you know, you know, eight, 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 plus, eight more games, right, because they play eight more games in the championship than they do in the Premier League. So you also have to just knock it down, you know, not knock those projections down just from the games played alone. And then you have to factor in that, oh, they're going to be the worst team. Right. right? They're going they're from be one being of the, one of the best to one of the worst. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and in fewer games. Yep. So, you know, when I look at teams last season, when you look at the Southamptons who scored only 45 total goals last year, you think that one person's going to score the better part of half of that? No. Like, just no. Like, yeah. if you think that Timo Pukki's approaching 20 goals... Right. And I'm saying if they have like a Southampton esque performance, right? So Southampton last season scored a total of 45 goals. Yeah. There's no way that one person scores just about a little under half of those. I mean, even if, I mean, Brighton scored 35. And even if they scored 35, I'm not taking him to take, to score half. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's kind of where my point lies. Lester, who a lot of teams, who a lot of people like, scored 51 total goals last mm-hmm. season. Great. You know, Jamie Vardy is you know, someone who everyone loves this season because of all the talent around him. And 
Uh, I mean, unless they're going to score like six, like if they're going to go to Chelsea levels where they scored 63 goals last season. Yeah. The distribution's the thing, right? Like the, there's going to be more than one goal scorer on a team. Yeah. Southampton scored two fewer goals than Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and Jose Jimenez, to his credit, the reason why he was also so valuable is because he got a lot of assists. Mm-hmm. He only had, I think, 11, 12 goals, mm-hmm. right? But he got a ton of assists with Diego, uh, Diogo Jota at the end of the season, or Jota at the end of the season. When they when they switched to that either 3-5-2 or 4-4-2, whatever you want to call it. But uh, you know, when they switched to that two up front with him and Jota up front, that's when they started to really be involved in all the goals. Yeah. <clears throat> that's why everyone's getting so when we talk- excited about uh, Yota this year. Yeah, well, and he's also a forward this season, which really hurts. Like that, that, that one hurt my soul. Why? <laughs> because he's not as valuable. His goals don't, his goals don't count for as much. But there are fewer guys. Like you would never, you probably were never taking him as a midfielder. I took him all season last oh, season as a midfielder. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, not all season. The second half of the season, the, I actually had him to start the season, and then the in the wild card, I took him out because he was he started off the season terribly, mm. but. At the end of the season, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you didn't have them both by the end of the season, you you were in trouble because those were your budget options. Okay. So when we talk about so again, when we talk about the Sheffield Sheffield Uniteds, uh, when we talk about um, the Blades, I'll just call them. When we talk about the Blades, when we talk about Norwich, when we talk about Villa, you know, are there players that you think will be like Jose Jimenez like? Or Diogo Jota light from last season. You know, you know, if we're going to judge like the the creme de la creme performances, basically from a promoted team being Wolves, even though Wolves were an anomaly, but you know Villa made like 800 signings. Like, is there anyone on Villa that you think is going to, you know, approach that double double level, like double the uh, 10 plus goals and assists? Yeah, I, I think it's almost like not even a worthwhile exercise. I'll play along, <laughs> but like the comparing any promoted side to Wolves. Uh, just it, it like doesn't make sense. Like they're just right. not on the same level. Like I, I think it's more realistic if we're like Newcastle looking at sure, or even just the other promoted sides from last year, Brighton and Cardiff that stayed up. Um, like I oh. think those are reasonable places to go. Um, I mean, Brighton were, were only two points ahead of Cardiff, and Cardiff was horrible. Car- and, Cardiff did not. Cardiff did not stay up. That's what I mean. Um, and and Brighton was only we're only two points ahead of them, so it's not yeah, like yeah. they easily escaped relegation. So I think like, that's really where you should look, but like, no, I don't think there's any promoted player who is going to be Jimenez or Yota. And that doesn't mean that there aren't good players on these teams, but I don't think, I think any expectation that somebody goes 10 and 10 is really aggressive. And frankly, yeah. I think you're going to struggle to find anybody with 10 assists on the three teams and possibly 10 goals. Yeah. I had to, I had to really push you to get more people to get the 10 assists. Well, because... the, the the underlying issue with that is that um, in my stubbornness, I projected actual assists, um, but I finally caved and added these f- literally fantasy assists um, that don't to actually be... exist in real life. So now I uh, no now well, re- real life I th- in this instance, I think real life is wrong. Right? Yeah, I, I mean that's fine. There are plenty of people who think real life is wrong, but it, that's still. It's still not real life. <laughs> yet. Yet, Andrew. It's not real life yet. Now, 
with the news, like, uh, you know, so uh, now that we've kind of cleared, like, there's not going to be a ton of promotion talent that you want on your team, right? If you're taking a promoted side player, it's probably like your fifth midfielder or, or fourth midfielder at best on your FPL team or your third forward that you're, you know, maybe you'll use, but, you know, only if someone else doesn't play. Is that fair to say? Um, I probably. I mean, I think there are still people who will get like really excited about Jack Graylish or Miliano. I don't, even think, but I don't like, even think Jack Graylish is the one you want on that team. Um, I mean, it it depends positionally, probably, but like, um, you're probably right there too. Yeah, like, I mean, even at midfield, I don't think he's the Villa midfielder that you want. I, I like John McGinn better. I think Horahan's probably the one. Yeah, want, but. yeah. I mean. It, but like this is it. Like we're talking yeah. about guys. Like what are these guys really gonna do? We we are splitting hairs between like five and six goals, yeah, and I like mean, maybe wow, maybe yeah. three assists. I was gonna say maybe I have like f- three and four goals, but yeah. Sure. Like I mean, I'm saying maybe like on the like if you are and it's just it's not like you said we're playing along right now, but it's not like a really worthwhile exercise. I'm shocked but, that you haven't mentioned Yota or Wesley. Uh, I'm good. Wesley, I believe, is actually gonna make other people better more than himself. Okay. So. It's it's not. I mean, he's he's a player. I think. What did he score? Like twelve goals in his top season in the Belgian league. In the Belgian, yeah. Like let's let he didn't light that league on fire. Let's be honest here. And you know we think. It, I mean, when was the last time someone went from the Belgian league right into the Premier League and then scored twenty? Uh, like, like scored more like fifteen goals. Like that's not really a thing. I mean, when was the last time somebody came in and scored eight? <laughs> I think <you're>... again, <laughs> my, like. Like we're like, it's not really a thing. Like, but I think he will make other players better because he is talented. But I just don't think it translates to fantasy in FPL terms, at least not fantasy goodness. Yeah, maybe it, in, maybe in a Taga tracks, and I mean maybe. Um, and I'm not really that. Uh, I mean, we. I mean, we are. We're gonna have. Uh, we're gonna have our EFSA auction soon, and I'm. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this much: I'm probably not gonna bid that high on him. On who? Wesley or Yo- or pretty much anyone from Villa. I'm not well, going to highly. I think it, you can do all the research you want on these promoted teams, but uh, how many guys are we talking about that you're actually considering? Like five? There's, Combined? Not, not like also, each. It's also funny to me because there's actually now with all these signings a rotation risk at Villa. It could be, yeah. They have more wingers <laughs> than I've ever seen. I know. Um, it, 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 it's It's such a weird collection of of talent mm-hmm. and it's it's as if they're preparing for like a europe a, a europa league plus fa cup yeah they're plus, going for the trouble yeah they're going for the trouble uh, if there's such thing as an efl trouble they're go, trying to go for it right yeah. now it's uh i mean when you have a club that i mean all of the promoted sides get this ridiculous influx of cash by making the the premier league and so you're like, oh yeah, we have this guy, but this guy might be better, so let's buy him. And it's like, oh my gosh, we have all this money. We yeah. can go and they, buy him. And they also get a windfall payment if they get relegated too. Well, they, they make more if they stay. So <laughs> I agree, very much agreed. Yeah. But um, no, it, it's it's just. It, I mean, it's going to be it, like it's just. It's not a really solid season for that promoted side. Like, like when I look at the promoted teams, it's like, no, I'm not that interested. Yeah, like not Sheffield specifically. Like, like, I think is going to be like horrific. Yeah, the last time I thought about Sheffield United was when I mistakenly thought that Darren Bent played for them. 
Hmm. He actually played for Charlton. They wear very similar colors, and and I I I, I kind of thought their crests looked the, the same, but they don't. Uh, but that was the last time I actually had thought about Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield United. United. Yeah. It's it's. I'm I'm literally not going to spend much time, like trying to figure out who are the guys from Sheffield that I want. I'll let everybody else. No, everyone's going to say Billy Sharp, right? Billy oh, Sharp has also looked good in preseason. He's not great. <sighs> I'm sorry, guys. Like, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Billy Sharp is not the—he's not the droid you're looking for. He's not the, like, it, <laughs> like, he's just not. Uh, you know, just—he—he's—he's just gonna be a guy who scores like five goals. Yeah, I mean, um, they were the lowest scoring um, promoted promoted team. side. So, yep. I mean, that doesn't mean that they're definitely gonna be the lowest scoring of the three this year. But like, it's the, they're not. They didn't get here by scoring a ton of goals, and yeah, I don't know. It's I got nothing. So that's fine. I let's no, move I, on. I have no interest in speaking about. Let's move. Let's move on. I think we've beaten that. I think we've beaten those three dead horses now. Okay. So there, I want to go to teams first. I, we'll do two things on on the for the for the rest of this podcast. I, we've talked about the elite sides, you know, pretty extensively. I want to get to that next tier down. Like we'll work our way up the table from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about those mid-table sides from last season, um, both on the upswing. And there, there's definitely there's definitely two or three that I think of as at the downswing, and Brighton's the obvious one for the downswing. But um, I'll, let's start with the negative. So teams that I think we need to kind of discount what we saw from a real-life perspective are, you know, like I think Brighton's a relegation team right now. Right? Yeah, if I, I agree. If I money on somebody, it'd be Brighton. Yep. I think Burnley are in trouble as well. Um, is there they, something to that that we say that every year? Well, yeah. Uh, the magic has to wear off at some point. You don't right? think bringing in Jay Rodriguez and Eric Peters definitely keeps them up? <laughs> and the third team that I think is going to get rele- <laughs> potentially get relegated, and this is contingent on the transfers, is Crystal Palace. If Zaha, wow. leaves, they are, if, if Zaha leaves, they are now a relegation worry. Right, because they've little... won like two games in the five years that he's been there without him. Yeah, basically, you know, and and if if they lose him, right? First of all, and like they I don't, don't think you're wrong, him. by the way. Yeah, no, no, I, I, it's hard to it's hard to defend, right? They signed Jordan Ayew, right? Because oh crap, we might lose this guy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what my thought was, and they're not going to want to spend big until they have the money in pocket. Um, and it's it's just. It's going to be such a difficult season because that knocks out two players from a fantasy perspective. It knocks out Wilfred Zaha from the Palace side, and then it also knocks out Milivojevic as well. Milivojevic will go back to scoring no goals. Good. <laughs> so, you know, you know, if there was ever like, you know, like the MVP discussion from preseason, I think my preseason favorite is Zaha just because of how much he means to that club to finish in the mid table to finish 12th last season is kind of a miracle considering when you look at the distribution of goals outside of Zaha, right? You're looking at like truly valuable to the side. Yeah. 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 Like uh, he does everything offensively for that side. Yeah. I think and everyone that's knows it's coming and everyone knows it's coming. <laughs> like it's not a surprise. Uh, speaking of Zaha and surprised, I was surprised at how old he is. Oh Yeah. Because remember, he had that time with United, too. Right, right. Like, he'll be 27 in... I mean, that's not old. But, like, um, 
the there's talk of Chelsea trying to get him, uh, but Chelsea well, can't get him until next year. And yeah, it, it, it's it, like I wonder if they can do one of those like like they did with Pulisic, sign him, loan him back. Well, I don't know if they that was before the um, before oh, good, the, they, the ban. Um, yeah, but they they wouldn't technically be registering him. Registering him, yeah. Him I think the and it's funny how like player trading never happened and then that Alexis Mkhitaryan thing happened and now everyone's like oh they'll just throw in a player and like it's no problem but I did see that their the the offer is basically like Cash and Batshuayi who was pretty good at Crystal Palace but uh but the problem is Zaha wouldn't be able to play until he's like he'll be 28 in November of the season that he finally gets there uh and it's like do you really want to pay that much for a guy that you'll get at 28 and but again, he's 26 now. He'll turn 27 in November. Uh, but when I was looking, like when the Arsenal talk with Nicolas Pepe, and they look like they're going to pay more for Pepe than they are for Zaha, and it's like, oh well, he's like a full two years younger. It's like, okay, two and a half years almost. So yeah, no, it's like both are good players. Like I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say otherwise. I mean, the advantage Zaha has over Pepe is he's been in the Premier League. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, that's not that's not that's not nothing. I totally so, agree. Uh, all right, so. Again, if Palace don't have Zaha, do they enter the realm of like the Cardiffs of the world, right? From last season, right? Are they basically a wasteland? Yeah, it feels like that. I mean, you, you've got you're going back to Benteke and uh, Jordan Ayew or Townsend, and do they try to get is Connor Wickham still playing? Like, uh, uh, who cares? Right, well, the problem is like that they have to Char- care. <laughs> Charlie Austin would be available. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who cares? That's my point. Yeah, like, it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It, like, it's nothing. They have nothing offensively. I mean, they have a. They have a solid back line. To be fair, like for for a team in mid table, that is a mid table defense, and sure. they have the and they have the manager to manage defensively in Roy Hodgson. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a stout midfield and a stout defense. Um, they have three goalkeepers that all can play. So, <laughs> Great. you know, well, not really, but. <laughs> they play well enough. Goalkeeper is a very overrated position. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying they couldn't so, all play at the same time. Yeah, but I mean, from the Palace perspective, I think without Zaha, they are a relegation team. Now, Brighton, as we talked about before, they we already have them slotted as like, hey, this is going to be a potential relegation team. Um, maybe not for FPL purposes, but I think that they made a move that's going to really affect someone from like the Taga Tracks perspective. Uh, with Anthony Knockhart no longer being in the rotation at uh, at Brighton because he was. Uh, sold to mm-hmm. the uh, championship. Mm-hmm. I forgot for to whom, but full on. Thank you. Um, to replace Sari. Okay, perfect. Now everything makes sense. Now, um, now when we go to, now when we go back to Brighton, though, you know, Solly March now looks kind of attractive if you are in like a more of a DraftKings or more of a Taga Tracks format. I, as much as as much as a Brighton player can. Yeah, I mean, if if. If you're interested in the second or third best player on potentially the worst team in the Premier League, then Solid March <laughs> is absolutely what you want. I mean, March is awesome on DraftKings. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy that says he's horrible, but like, I just it, when you're looking, like, how many chances are they really creating? How many goals are they scoring? And you know, the um, they brought in uh, Ali Reza Jahanbash last year, and he like barely played. He was hurt for a lot, and he can play. In Murray's spot, but he can also play in March's spot. So it's not like uh, March's playing time is like a hundred percent secure. Depends if they try to get more out of 
you know, Jose Izquierdo or um, Lacadia. Like they've got a bunch of players who were like uh, a endearing term that we use on this podcast. They're just guys. And like, I'm not sure. I mean, Pascal Gross is going to be the one that everybody goes to because it kind of a lot of it revolves around him. But uh, he, if Gross has a good season, it probably means Murray does because somebody has to score the goals that Gross is setting up. And it's just, I think they're going to be really bad. Yeah. Uh, so you asked, and let me answer. They created 283 chances last season. That is good enough for third to bet, third to last, which right. means and relegation. Was, right. And that was with Knockart. Yes. Uh, and they were just atrocious. I mean, the, they cross. I mean, I think they put in, they put in a surprising amount of crosses. I think they were mid table in crosses. And it's the only way they can get close to yeah, the Yeah. But the but this is where the Pascal Gross Solly March thing comes in, right? They finished second in accurate crosses. Huh. Right? You crazy, right? Crazy. And that's where I mean that's the reason why and also I think Glenn Murray kinda helps. He has a big uh the equivalent of a wide receiver's catch radius. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, he can kind of help that because he, as as much as we can make fun of him for his age and his hairline and just his dad bod, you know, he does he does get the business done when the ball's in the air. Mm-hmm. So, or even on the ground, he's really good at those little flicks too. Anyway, um, that's why I wanted to kind of bring up just even though we think they're going to be relegation, they're not very good. Like there's just there's there's no two ways about it. But they brought in a new manager who's not going to be as defensive, and last season we we could tell that they were, you know. They are accurate crossers, right? Uh, their percentage is probably pretty good. Targets as well. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and on yeah, especially on corners, right? I think right. even in the FPL circles, I think there's a decent groundswell. Not a, not a, not a huge one. I don't think there's like double digit ownership percentages or anything. But Lewis Dunn, considering his price, I think is a is an option that some people are actually going to for their fifth defender. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not a huge endorsement, but. When we are a fantasy Premier League show, we talk about all the players, and you know, just from the Brighton side, I think even as a as a relegation content, as a relegation contending side, there are fantasy prospects that I do like from Brighton more than the other fantasy. No, I'm, I'm serious. More than the other relegation teams. Like if you if you asked me, would you rather have a player from Brighton or a player from Villa to start the season? Like I mean, it's cl- it's really close, right? I think the yeah. I, yeah Who's I, the know, first John, Brighton guy you take? It's got to be Gross. Got to be Pascal Gross right. at this point. He scored fourteen fewer points than March last year. I know, I know, but this is a new season. It uh, is. <laughs> it is. You're absolutely right. New season, new manager. You know, I'm not going to let that just dictate how I go into this season. But it's. I, I mean, I to really the 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 asset that I. You know that I, he was one of the first names that I picked because of his price in FPL was Ahmed El Mohammadi from mm-hmm. from Villa, right? Wow. Um, so, you know, it, it it's not, and also Villa, Villa and Brighton, by the way, are both relegation contending sides that have really good early opening fixtures. I mean, really good. You know, if you, if you want those inexpensive teams from you know from clubs that are going to be at the bottom of the table. They're they have a good stretch of games to start, um, to to start the season. So just something to look for. Like those are the two teams for me that I can, you know, find some positivity. Okay. 
Are you are you saying no? Are you saying that there's nothing positive that you can gain from these lower level sides? Because now that makes me want to have like a whole team of these players and just see how they do. Oh, I, please go nuts! <laughs> We've got an auction in a week when you can really take advantage of that. I, I just uh, they're end of roster fillers. That's exactly how I look at it. Yeah. Fair, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Like in the range that all of these guys are going, like if you look at like where Gross is being picked or March or Murray or um, even Duffy and Dunk, like the there's a handful of guys in every situation where you're yeah. like, do I would I rather this guy? Like there's a legitimate conversation. And so um, I think one of Duffy or Dunk was like absurdly uh, popular or absurdly uh, high scoring in yeah. in fan tracks, which um, more made me think like, well, maybe that scoring system is not that good as opposed to, boy, Duffy really had a great season. Yeah. Yep. Now, all right. So we've talked about those like lower level sides. There's like a, this mid table. Where does the mid table start for you? Does it start at Everton? Does yeah. it start at Wolves? Oh, okay. oh, oh. Uh, it starts at Wolves. So you don't put Wolves Wolves in the Man United Arsenal Chelsea range. No, I don't. So when we go from a, I'll, I'll I'll take that as a compliment as a as a Chelsea fan, but I don't think it's as far I don't think it's as far away as most people think. I agree with that. Uh, but I but, think it's still a, a separate. I think there's still a top 6. Yeah, I mean even last season, right? It was 9 points the difference between United and Wolves. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Right. You know, Wolves didn't get significantly better this offseason. They didn't sign Diego Costa. You know what I mean? So (laughs) remember that fun rumor that was, you know, floated out there for four hours. All right. So when we talk, did you see what he did last night? Oh, my God. Yeah. Peak Diego Costa. Awesome. (laughs) I want him back. I wish he played for Wolves. (laughs) Wolves are going to get Patrick Coutron instead, who's very good. But like what? He's not. was, Was it you? Was it you that said that the the whole the whole um, Real Atletico game was all Bale's fault? Yeah, yeah. When they went down <laughs> six nothing, six one or something like that. Yeah, clearly Bale's fart fault. Yeah, and fart too. Yeah. So we'll go from so let's take it from Wolves to like like Wolves like, like Wolves to Watford. I think at this point, like let's say like Wolves, Everton, Leicester, West Ham, and Watford. Like those are teams and Burnmouth. Well, let me put Burnmouth in there because everyone's excited for Burnmouth this season, even though I'm confused you know everyone thinks that ryan frazier is the second coming and i just don't get it when david brooks is also going to be playing every game too you're about so, to get philip billing okay okay <laughs> uh i'm looking at at uh odds now to win the premier league which aren't always all that helpful but it does at least group the teams together um Man City, Liverpool, obviously very far ahead of the others. Um, but then it's like Tottenham, Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal. Like those are your six. Uh, Everton and Wolves have the same odds to win the title. Uh, Leicester's close behind. Then it's West Ham. And I think that's the break. I think you're, you're, you have a top six and then you have a next four, which are those four, Everton, Wolves, Leicester, West Ham. And then the next 10 are just kind of like, it could really go the other way. I the the odds have Newcastle, Palace, Southampton, Watford, and Burnmouth all the same. Um, if you want to go nuts, they're plus one hundred thousand to win um, on bet. No, 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 can't be plus one hundred thousand. Uh, that's exactly what I'm looking at. That's insane. Yeah, Wolves are Wolves and Everton are plus fifteen thousand. This is a win the title. I mean, come on. 
Well, uh, Lester, five thousand. Lester's plus thirty thousand right now. <laughs> You're thinking five thousand to one, not yeah, plus I am. American. I am. That's a little that's bit. 500, that's five hundred. That's five hundred thousand. Right. Um, so it's generally those guys, and then it's the the relegation teams: Brighton, Aston Villa, Norwich, yeah. Burnley, and Sheffield. So, so I think that what you need to decide is. Um, are any of the teams that are not Everton, Wolves, Leicester, and West Ham deserving to be in the group with those four? And does, does anyone in the bottom 10 separate themselves from the other bottom? Yeah, Watford and Bournemouth, to me, I think, would separate from the others like Palace and Newcastle and Southampton. I mean, Watford, Watford, Watford not for fantasy reasons per se, even though Gerard De Lefeo as a forward is very attractive. Um, in the Taga Tracks kind of format. Um, you know, for me, Watford, Watford because they, in real life they separate themselves. In a fantasy perspective, it's kind of a close your eyes and hope hope for the best mm-hmm. whenever you select someone from Watford. Um, I think Jose Holibas is the perfect example of that. Yeah. Um, you kind of hope that he doesn't get that yellow card or red card to ruin his day. Um, and Burnmouth, just because offensively, when we talk about fantasy we know Burmouth are going to try to score right i you know I, I was clamoring for i was clamoring for chelsea before the, the before the transfer ban that if they were going to restart with the new manager it should be eddie howe and then they should bring Cam wilson with them you know and i i really believe in what in what um i'm sorry i just mentioned his name and i just totally now for I, another sign of me getting older uh the, the Burmouth manager Eddie Howe, please. Eddie Howe, thank you. Yes. So Eddie, Howe, uh, you know, get, you know, bringing Eddie Howe in, and I believe in what Eddie Howe is doing uh, from an offensive standpoint. He doesn't have necessarily the transfer budget to make sure that the rest of the lineup is as solid as his offensive system. But uh, when we talk about fantasy, we really are talking about mostly about you know if the F stood for forwards, you know, and I really like from a fantasy perspective more than the Watfords per se. And actually, potentially even more than West Ham, of what Burmouth are going to be doing offensively. But it's not because of necessarily Ryan Fraser. I think it's David Brooks and think Joshua King is vastly underrated. And also um, Cal Molson, obviously. Do you think West Ham is better than Everton? I feel like people are getting no. really excited about West Ham. Not even close. Like I think West I mean, West Ham have not gotten better in the positions they needed to get better. That's that's kind of how I'm looking at it. But, uh, I yeah, mean, like, they like did it center they're, forward. They're, they're doing the Arsenal thing. They, they got better at center forward, um, maybe. But like I think of the if the group of Everton, Wolves, Leicester, and West Ham, and I think it's reasonable to put Watford in that group too. Yeah. Um, well, I think especially because Watford know who they are. Yeah, I think West Ham's the worst side <laughs> of that group. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I, like how much I don't know. I think I think Felipe Anderson is still Felipe Anderson, which is good, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, you know, we, we we like we like Felipe Anderson, especially if you are have more of those periphery stats. Um, but to me, it's not close. It's Everton, right? Like Everton and Watford, for different reasons, know who they are. You mm-hmm. know, uh, yeah, Everton once they figured out that Sank Chosun is awful, right? That took a minute. But once they figured that out and they started playing, you know, like Richarlison through the middle or something like that, or Dominic Calvert-Lewin frickin' finally, even though they're going to ruin that by signing other people, um, you know, Everton figured out that they can use speed up front to beat their to beat their opponents and they don't have to have that, you know, traditional 
stocky center forward who holds the ball up to play other people in. They just don't need that <laughs> with the with the wingers that they have. And the fact that well, the one thing Everton did do that I didn't like is they got rid of Adamola Lookman, who's really good. Le- yeah, Leipzig he, are going to sell him for double the price. I agree with that, although I'm just not sure he was in the plans. Like no, he wasn't. He, so. he probably he probably slept with the owner's wife or something. There's no <laughs> reason. There's no actual talent reason that he is sold for that little none. Yeah. Um, of Everton, Wolves, Leicester, and West Ham, how do you think they finish in the table? I don't even put West Ham because West Ham is going to be fourth in that group. So Everton, Wolves, uh, Leicester. I'm going to say Everton, Leicester. Uh, I'm going to say Everton, Leicester, Wolves. Okay. Uh, Le- Leicester because they really strengthened the middle of that park. Yeah. Like why aren't they first? Like, woo doggy. Uh, I I really like Everton. Um, oh okay. It, it, it's probably irrational. It, it, you know. When we talk about a team that has the fantasy assets, like one of the top defenders, one of the top midfielders, and not the top forward, but, you know, someone who's going to be in, like, the top ten of forwards, right? Right? They have a guy. They have a guy in all three, and they have one of the top goalkeepers as well, right? Like, they they just have a good spine there. That's really the reason. They need to replace Idrissa Gye first. Well, I mean, that's why they have Tilimon and... um, No, no, no. Everton. Oh, sorry, Everton. Sorry, I thought you were talking. Oh, sorry. Like, I think talking- Leicester's the best of that group. Yeah, wait. I think Leicester, Leicester, if they can keep Harry Maguire, which it doesn't look like they will, but they might, I think they're the best of that group, and Wolves are behind them, and then it's Everton. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of assumed that Harry Maguire was not going to be at Leicester, but um, it's close. Like, it's splitting hairs between those two. I don't think they'll... I mean, last season they were separated by two points. Mm-hmm. It could be the it could be the opposite, right? It could be Leicester beat Everton by two points, a four point difference this season. It could be. Yeah. You know, it, it's not. But from the fantasy perspective, I think they are very similar, right? You know, I, I think that they are going to be teams where they have good goalkeepers, but you can't exactly count on them for clean sheets. And same with the defenders too, right? Like they have good defenders. You know, Ricardo Pereira is a really good offensive defender. Luca Dean is also a really good. Uh, offensive defender uh they both have great uh, central midfielders you know in james madison and then also uh, guilty sigurdsson uh you throw in tilimon as well i think he's tremendous i think he's so underrated what he did for lester last season tilimon um who's, who's underrating him well i think madison's getting all the plaudits this offseason and i'm saying that they're both pretty equal well in terms of real life importance they're both pretty equal i think madison will be the better fantasy asset because tilly wants us to sit further back because of madison now when we and then when we turn to the forwards right jamie vardy and and richarlison like they these teams are pretty mirror imaged of each other at this point um i don't know i wouldn't go that far i think Lester's better it's as simple as that I, mean, I think I think with, well, when Michael Keane missed a lot of time last season, like Michael Keane's not uh, he's no slouch defensively. I think it all changes if they get Zaha though. Everything changes if Zaha wherever Zaha goes, everything changes. Right. 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 And it also changes for as we talked about before for Crystal Palace. Right. Right. So that that's a huge huge transfer, right? If that happens, which let's be honest, you know, when was the last time someone chose Everton over like a team like Arsenal or United that come in or Chelsea? Like, when was the last time that really happened? I'm not sure he's choosing. That's good. That's also a great point. 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's not like they have like an offer with Everton masthead and with Chelsea masthead, and he's like, oh, Everton, right, that one, right. Yeah, their new logo just just strikes me the right way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it's not even that new anymore. No. So, you know, when we talk about when we talk about these clubs, I mean, I think there's this is where a lot of people are going to target. Like, if they don't want to pay the bigger prices for the top six, I think there's going to be a lot of Everton, a lot of Leicester in their lineups, much more than West Ham. Right? You know, going back That's to exactly what, how I feel. Right, going back to what we were talking about before, like with that next set of players, right? You know, maybe Felipe Anderson comes in, but, I mean, if I'm... if I mean, he, he, if he's going to be... I, I without, think you just look at it right across the board. Like, would you rather yeah. have Madison, Sigurdsson, or Felipe? Yeah. That, that, you, that, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're exactly. going to go across that completely with all of these teams would you rather have yeah 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 but my my point my point is going to be more also translating to the real life stuff you know without the production felipe anderson is going to be like a poor man's eden hazard and the give me one second it's not about the production it's not that he's going to score all these goals and get all these assists right it's that he's dependent on everything offensively like they give him the ball and then they say they hope something happens with him and then maybe someone else will get on the other end of what he does Mm -hmm. or maybe he'll finish it himself that was the chelsea offensive game plan for about six years Mm -hmm. they won the title (laughs) twice yeah (laughs) and you and without the and 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 that and if felipe anderson gets that kind of defensive treatment the way that eden hazard got it there's no way there's no way he's even valuable period yeah and that's and and you can't say that about anyone on Everton or Leicester, right? You can't do it because they have too many other good players. West right. Ham just brought in a bunch of people mm-hmm. <sighs> to replace slightly better people. Not really, and Felipe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right. Um, I, I feel like we have to talk. I mean, let me see. There's one. Yeah, we. I mean, we haven't talked about Burnley too much. It's the only team we really haven't talked about, and I think that's a thing. I think that's a sign, right? You talked Jay Rodriguez coming in. Like, that was the thing that moved the meter for Burnley. Mm-hmm. Down. Thank you. <laughs> and on that note, we will end this episode of the Roadwire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Such a positive ending. All right. And uh, we, we really do appreciate you joining. That's Once again, that's rotowire.com slash soccer trial for your free trial if you don't have one already. Rotowire.com slash soccer. That's where you can get the projections. You can get the rankings. You can get all of Andrew's goodness and some of mine as well. But thank you all very much for listening. We will catch you next time on the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. 
Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 